The, this month, our theme is a cornucopia of good. Cornucopia of good. And it's, you know, I guess it's appropriate at this time of the year to, to talk about um, giving thanks. I mean, especially, as I mentioned, here in the United States, Thanksgiving is um, when we celebrate this holiday here in November. That's this week, this coming Thursday. And there's a part of me that cannot believe that we are already here in November. It's like, where did the year go? Right? Where did it go? <laughs> and yet it's, it feels like, oh my gosh, are we ever <laughs> going to get done with this year? I have both sides of that going on. And, and with, from that space, mm, I think it is appropriate for us to reflect on the cornucopia of good. A cornucopia of good. You know, during Thanksgiving, one of the things that can be, um, that can happen during Thanksgiving is that it can sometimes feel that it is at the level of effect or condition. We give thanks for those things that we have. And here during this year, and, and during this, even during this season, here in the middle of a pandemic, and with all of the recommendations and all of the, um, as far as with the upticks and the surges that are going on all over, we've reached over a quarter of a million deaths from this COVID-19 here in the U.S. It may not feel like we have a lot to give thanks for. And that would be if we are if we are living only at the level of effect or at the, only at the level of what we can see and touch and taste. So I called, I'm calling this message today, receiving an abundant harvest from the perspective of that we receive by the measure that we give. And so in receiving, I want us to shift our attention here today to not at what do I have, but what am I planting seeds for? What am I expecting? Gina said at the end of her treatments with that full expectancy, what am I expecting to receive and so with a cornucopia of good, yes, there's, there's a bountiful harvest that is already, there's so much to be grateful for in that we receive. And, and that cornucopia is a bountiful supply that when we are feeling lack, then how can we receive from that cornucopia? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, particularly in reference to this attitude of gratitude. Gratitude is a, is, a, is a state of consciousness by which we can deepen our consciousness. Our consciousness of what? Our consciousness of flow, of good, of abundance. And through gratitude, we expand our awareness. Whatever we give our attention to grows, right? We know this. And so by practicing gratitude, and, and we've talked about that in many different ways so far this month, 
Joanne um, spoke last week about finding the hidden blessings. I spoke about possessing a grateful heart. Gratitude as a practice uplevels our thinking. You know, I ran across a quote here that I want to share with you. Um, let me find here. Let me get to the right screen here. This is from Melody Beatty. And if you, um, you may be familiar with her work. But here's a quote that she shares about gratitude that I wanted to start us off with here. She says, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. What does she say here? She says that gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It unlocks that cornucopia of good. In traditional thanksgiving, there is an expression of, of giving gratitude for what we have. And there is so much more. She says it turns what we have into enough. Yes. And more. And what does that? Gratitude. It can make sense of our past and bring peace for today. And I know that for many people here, this holiday season, there are many who are looking for peace today and to make, <laughs> to bring order to what can feel like chaos. You know, through gratitude, we recognize the blessings that we have in our life. But what do we do when we can't see it? What can we do when we don't see the, the blessings in our life, when they're not so clearly visible, when maybe all we can see is the chaos, maybe all that we can see is the confusion. I shared, you may remember this a couple weeks ago, and I've said it a few times, this is one of my favorite quotes from Emma Curtis Hopkins, and I'm currently taking a class right now that we're doing some work with Emma. <laughs> this too is good. This too is God. This too is for me. And I demand to see the blessing in it for me. I demand to see the blessing in it for me. And, and who and what are we making this demand of? We are making it of ourselves. We're making it of our own consciousness. You know, let's talk about a few moments about the power of blessing to create an abundant harvest, to receive an abundant harvest, the power of blessing. Do you know, Catherine Ponder, one of New Thought's great prosperity teachers, in her book, Prosperity Secrets of the Ages, she says that the act, the act of blessing everything is a transformative prosperity secret. The act of blessing everything, that is a prosperity secret. You know, in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament particularly, 
there's a lot of focus on the practice of blessing. I'm moving us away from this giving thanks to actually this, this practice, and it is a practice of blessing. In the Old Testament of the Bible, yes, there was a lot of talk about blessing, and the Hebrews put a lot of, of um, they put great store in the power that of blessing. In that power, we read a lot of stories. You know, if one was to receive a spoken blessing, they didn't want anything. If, if I was going to receive a spoken blessing, blessing from someone, I didn't want anything to stand in the way of me receiving that from accepting of it. In the Old Testament, the blessings were considered a priceless gift. You may be familiar, or maybe not, there was a story in the Bible about two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and their father Isaac was getting near his death, and he was going to give a blessing to the firstborn, which was Esau, and he was going to give a blessing. He was going to bless him, bestow a blessing on him. And Jacob felt, his younger brother felt that the blessing was so powerful that he found a way to actually steal the blessing that his father intended to bestow on. He tricked his father so that he may receive the blessing instead. We read a verse in the Bible to Abraham where spirit said, to him, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and be thou a blessing. Be thou a blessing. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and be thou a blessing. What? So what exactly is a blessing? A blessing to bless, and I looked this up in the dictionary, and there were many different, different definitions, but to bless something or someone is to evoke or invoke God's favor, to recognize the good that is present upon or in a person's life or a situation or condition, to invoke or evoke, to bring our awareness to to the good of God that is present. To bless also means to make or pronounce as whole, as holy. That's what holy means, to to know that something is whole, that it's not lacking in anything. To bless something or someone is to, to bestow a good, to bestow good upon someone or a situation. Another definition to, of, about blessing is to glorify, to glorify. Now, what does that mean, to glorify? I like to to glorify God. Jesus talked about this, that what he did was to glorify God. That's really, it's just to give credit, to shine the light, to shine the light and to, to, to show the, um, the connection to source to reveal where the blessing is coming from, to glorify. It also means to protect or to guard from harm. You know, there was a little girl one night who was saying her bedtime prayers. 
I don't know if you did that. I remember my brother and I, my mother would have us say our prayers before we went to sleep. And this little girl, just like my brother and I used to, she would send, she was sending her blessings to her mom and God bless mom and dad and, and my brother and sister and all. And she was blessing all of her relatives and all of her pets and just about everyone and anything that she could think of. And then she added, and dear God, bless you. (laughs) Bless you too, God. Because without you, all of us are sunk. (laughs) Without you, we're all sunk. We don't need to be concerned that anything is happening to (laughs) to, uh, that one power, that presence, to God, to source. But it is a powerful practice to begin blessing, to bless everything, just like this little girl. So how do we do this? How do we practice blessing? Well, it's very simple. You focus on an object, a thing, a person, a situation, an awareness, and you bless it. And you bless it. You know, when I first got into science of mind, when I first actually was in my first, when I was taking foundations class for the very first time, I became aware of this, this practice of blessing. And I practice, I developed a practice, what I called drive-by blessings, that I would, I would bless those who were on the road. I would bless those around me, and I would come to an intersection. I would bless, and I would say, you were blessed, and you were blessed, and you would bless. And that is how we begin. We focus, and we bless it. We bless the good in our life. What good in your life can you bless today? You know, put that in the chat. What are you grateful for? And it's not just what are you grateful for, but what are What good are you grateful for and do you bless? Bless it. Name it. Declare that God is right here in this situation. And we bless the not even so good. Because to bless the not good brings forth the good in a situation whether there seems to be any good to bring forth from it or not. To bless something or to bless someone is really to judge, not according to appearances, as Jesus advised, but to judge according to righteous judgment. That means right-minded judgment, discernment, right-mindedness, mindedness that is in alignment with truth. When we behold the good in a person, even when that person may not appear to be so good, we are calling forth that which is, naming it, seeing it, invoking it. Now, now blessing the good is is the easy part, right? Blessing the good is easy, but blessing the not so good, that can be difficult. That's, we're getting into the tricky part of the, our business. 
But that's where transformation happens. Transformation happens when we call forth the good. This is when we're truly being a light bearer. This is truly when we are being a channel or a force for good in the world. When we are calling forth good, whether it's apparent or not. You know, a grocer went to his guru one day in great distress because across the way from his shop, there was a large chain store that was surely going to drive him out of business. They had just opened up this, this large chain, and I won't mention, <laughs> I won't mention the name. And, uh, and his family had owned this shop for over half a century. And to lose it now, it felt like it would be his undoing. And so, well, because there was nothing else he was skilled at. It was what he saw his father do. It was what he saw his grandfather do. And so he said to his guru, he said, what, what am I to do? What am I to do? They're going to put me out of business. And his, his teacher said to him, he says, if you fear the owner of the chain store, you will hate him. And it is hatred that will be your undoing. You see, if you fear the owner of the chain store, you will hate him. And it is hatred that will be your undoing. Well, what am I supposed to do then? What am I supposed to do, said the shopkeeper. Well, here's what his teacher told him to do. He said, each morning, walk out of your shop, walk onto the sidewalk, and give thanks Give thanks and bless your shop. Turn and face your shop and bless your shop. Accept the prosperity that that God is flowing to you through this shop. Bless it. Bless all that you have. Then turn to face that chain store and bless them. Bless their business. What? What? You want me to be grateful and to bless my competitor and my destroyer? Are you crazy? And here's what his teacher said to him. The gratitude and blessings that you give him will rebound as your good. Any evil you wish upon him will destroy you. Whatever The gratitude and blessings that we send out, they rebound to us. This is what his teacher told him. We know this in Science of Mind. What we put out comes back to us. And it was six months later that the grocer, the shopkeeper, returned back to his, his teacher to report to him that he had to close down the shop after all. He had to close down the shop. His his shop went out of business. But he was now in charge of that chain store that was across the street, and his life was in better shape than it was before. I wonder if he would have been able to actually see it. It would have been open to the opportunity if he had not been blessing his so-called competitor. Let me share with you a, a verse from the Bible. I've made a couple references to the Bible here this morning, but in Romans chapter 12, verse 14, it says, bless 
and curse not. Let us not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. When we bless a problem, when we bless an injury, when we bless a foe, when we bless an apparent lack, what we're doing is we are acknowledging the power and presence of good, of God, of source in that situation, in that person, in that condition, in that so-called lack. Bless everything. You know, bless your body so we can bless, we focus on the good and we bless it. We can bless our body and see our bodies also manifest radiant wholeness. We can call good out of our bodies. Blessing away troublesome physical conditions by recognizing the perfection, recognizing the good that is present and bless it and be and and we can be sure as we are witnessing this body of ours, we can witness divine law at work, the perfection of God being revealed in us and through us. You know, Myrtle Fillmore, if you're familiar with Unity, Unity Church, Unity School of Christianity, they are our, they are our, um, we're with Sinners for Spiritual Living. Unity would be our cousins in this philosophy of New Thought. And the founders of New Thought were Myrtle um, Fillmore and Charles, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. And she regained her health through this method that I'm talking about right now. She regained her health um, through the act of blessing her body. You know, she was told that she had a terminal condition. And so she began to bless her body and to thank each organ, each part of her body. She began to bless it and praise the intelligence within it. Now, how can you do that? You can actually just do it. I bless, I bless my liver. I was, I was diagnosed with NASH many years ago, non-alcoholic hepatitis, and a gastroenterologist told me that I would be um, shopping for a new liver. And after me doing the same thing that's that, um, that Myrtle did, blessing her body, I went back for an ultrasound, and the doctor could have sworn that he was talking to the wrong patient because the results of my ultrasound didn't match what was originally. There was no evidence, and I blessed my liver. I blessed my blood. I blessed my cells regularly. Myrtle did that. That's where I learned this. And here's an affirmation that you can use to bless your body. And it's very simple. And it's simply this. I bless my body and mind for they are good and worthy of my love. I bless my body and my mind for they are good and worthy of my love. You know, love. You know, put your hands to your on, on your body somewhere. And say that. Say it out loud. You know, if someone else is in the room and, and it might embarrass them, just whisper it. I bless my body 
and my mind and my mind for they are good and worthy of my love. Something else we can bless are our debts or our apparent debts. What appears to be debt, whether I would say it's even even emotional or financial, but bless your debts in the certainty that it is the Father's good pleasure to provide you with enough to easily meet every obligation of yours. You know, I was just mentioning um, Myrtle Fillmore. I want to read to you a, a passage from her husband, Charles. And he read this. And I invite you to listen real closely. Blessing the substance increases its flow. So this goes into blessing what you have. Blessing the substance increases its flow. If your money supply is low or if your purse seems empty, take it in your hands and bless it. See it filled with the living substance ready to become manifest as you prepare your meals. Bless the food with the thought of spiritual substance. When you dress, bless your garments And realize that you're being constantly clothed with God's substance. The more conscious you become of the presence of the living substance, the more it will manifest itself in you and the richer will be the common good of all. Let us bless our problems. Let us bless those things that we feel powerless over. Because when we bless, what I just read here from from Charles, when we are blessing something, then we are recognizing that spirit is here and we are calling it forth. And what we give our attention to grows. To him that hath, more will be given. And so when when we bless even what appears to be a problem and bless it, knowing that there is good here and I demand to see the blessing in it for me, then we are cooperating with that power, with that cornucopia of good to change the tide of events in our life. We're seeing with true vision. You know, I know for many this year. 2020 has been um, quite a year. For some of us, um, interesting would be, and um, I mean, that's, that's the, I guess, the mildest way to put it. it. This year has been different. And here this Thanksgiving, I know for many of us are going to be different, especially for those who are currently um, facing COVID, those who are facing this, this are dealing with this pandemic on the front lines, those who have passed and the families of those 250,000 plus. This is going to be a different Thanksgiving for all of us. And I encourage you to stay safe. Be safe, stay safe. But I also encourage you to, to look at this Thanksgiving, not just as different, but to bless it, to bless it, to acknowledge that the God presence that is here. It, not only is it possible, but I believe that we can, 
through our consciousness, make this Thanksgiving the most blessed of them all. This can be the year that we saw truly that we are connected to source. With spiritual vision, we can the act of blessing and, and seeing the good and the God in our circumstances, in our situations, in the world around us, by blessing it and seeing it as good, we, this Thanksgiving, can be our most blessed yet. We get to decide that. What are you deciding today to experience? Is this Thanksgiving, is this year, is this moment when you choose to see the good and the God in your life? We're breathing, my friends. Our heart is beating. Life has brought us here to this moment to not to not turn away and to and to say, oh well, like it's all gone. It's, it, it's all bad. We are here at this time to be the center of spiritual living in the world. Where you are, where you are in your respective homes, in yours, wherever you are living, you are the center of spiritual living if you are choosing to co-create with spirit and to live consciously and blessing, especially those times where it may be difficult or it appears to be hard. We are a channel for light and love and good in the world. So while for many of us, we may not be able to connect with our families, it doesn't mean that we can't still connect. We can still connect with our loved ones via Zoom, like we're connecting or on Facebook or on FaceTime. We can connect by the power of mind. I want to close here. I want to invite you on Thanksgiving to a, actually a special opportunity this Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. This coming Thursday, our practitioners are going to be leading in a celebration of our blessings, of our giving thanks. They're going to be leading a circle of Thanksgiving via Zoom. It's going to be in our fellowship hall the information is on our website. It's in our, there's, join us Thanksgiving morning. If you are, before you, if you are spending time with your family of origin or family of choice, spend time with your spiritual family. From 10 to 11, we're going to be coming together to, to enjoy the blessings. Enjoy. I'm going to close here this morning with a final quote from Dr. Holmes. And it's simply this. And I can't say simply, it's a powerful quote. And this is what he says. When we constructively praise and creatively bless, life abounds with love, peace, and joy. So let goodness shine forth. Let us so live and think that we may. Look upon all with love, condemning none, and blessing all. Let us bless all. Let us be a blessing to all. And by doing so, we are blessed. And so it is.